It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Robson Civil. 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast with Steve Allen and Michael Butner on SEN Track. Yeah, good morning. Welcome to the weekend and a glorious start. Look at this blue skies, not a cloud in the sky, and we're at the hockey. We absolutely love the hockey. It's the under-13 girls state. Now, they're being played at two different locations. So here at the magnificent facility at North Wyong and also at Central Coast Grammar School. And in front of us right at the moment, I think we've got Metro Southwest versus Orange. So that is on field one. On field two is Parks versus Newcastle. Goulburn versus Canberra comes up at 9.40. Tamworth up against the Illawarra. Then at 10.30, just before we go off the air, Sydney East versus Parks. And Grafton from the far north coast up against Goulburn. And alongside us is a man who played for the Kookaburras the highest level in Australia. I think six tests from memory. Brett Johnson, good morning, mate. Welcome back to the show. Morning, gents. Great to be here. Uh, thanks for coming back again. It's another cracking day here at Wild. Yeah, congratulations to you and the team. And uh, absolutely love watching some junior hockey and great skill. The players of the future. Some of these players may be in line for 2032 in Brisbane. Yeah, definitely. This is the age group. So there's a lot of uh, New South Wales selectors here this weekend looking at this age group because this is the, you know, by the time some of these girls are in another 10 years, that's the 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 age that they're really coming into those Australian teams. So a lot of people here looking at uh, what talent we've got on show this weekend. Uh, good morning, Butte. It's great to see you, former New South Wales and Australian rugby league rep. I know you love your hockey. Steve-O, good morning. And BJ, good morning. It's a... Uh... A beautiful morning here, and great to see so many young girls out here doing their bit on the hockey field. Um, we're across two venues uh, here, obviously, with the two playing fields, and then uh, Central Coast Grammar. Yeah, that's correct. So last year we had the under-13 boys here, and unfortunately the Grammar field uh, washed away. We had a lot of storms and floods earlier in the year, and their field actually washed away. So we had to have all the games up here. problem with having the one venue was the games were only about 25 minutes long, so mm. it was a lot of hockey this year, we've because over the two venues, we're playing 22-minute half, so the girls get a lot more hockey in. Who went well on day one? Uh, so usually the um, uh, Northwest Sydney are up there. The Goulburn team's pretty good. Um, you know, there's a couple of the Sydney teams are competing well, and then you get the the Parks girls. They're, that's a really strong uh, association out that way. Yeah, it's great to hear. And uh, we've got a Central Coast team in action. Yeah, the Central Coast girls, they're playing in Division 1. Uh, mixed bag of results yesterday. They so had a first up draw, uh, then they got towed up uh, 6-1 <laughs> by somebody, and it wasn't a 6-1 result, unfortunately. It was just one of those games where nothing went right, uh, and then come back yesterday afternoon with a 1-0 win. Uh, so mixed bag. He's comparing that to the Bulldogs versus Newcastle <laughs> yeah, last yeah, yeah, week. Yeah, correct. <laughs> there is no comparison, I can assure you, mate. It wasn't that bad. No, no, no. Uh, um, the Warroads lead here on Sunday. Uh, yeah, there's all the finals, finals are played up yeah. here. Classification games. So if you're finishing down the bottom of your pool, uh, you're traipsing off down to Central Coast Grammar gotcha. tomorrow. But all the, the major finals are played up here tomorrow. With the grand final, 
uh, Div 1 uh, at about 2pm tomorrow afternoon. Mm. So this is the hallowed artificial turf. This is the place to be if you want to be taking home medals tomorrow. Yeah. Hey, BJ, uh, what's the feedback from everyone and what will this generate for the Central Coast economy? Yeah, feedback. For the, we always get um, feedback that our fields here are top class. We've got great venues. Um, you know, we, the games are being live streamed and the, the guy from the live stream was saying, you know, this is one of the best fields that he's ever videoed at. Just simple to set up, great view of the hockey. Um, our facility, this time last year, it was like a cow paddock here because it was so wet, whereas this year it's a lot drier. Um, and in terms of revenue, something like this, we've probably got about 1,000 to 1,500 people visiting the coast and in hotels. So some, an event like this can generate up to $2 million just over that short three days. So... Yeah, we, we're, we're throwing back that investment that council and local governments have given to this facility. Uh, you know, over 10 years, that's you know, $30 million back for the $1.5 million that, that through the grants that we raised to, to upgrade the facilities you know, two years ago. Yeah, so, great answer. On your wish list, is a third field part of that? A third field is part of our wish list. Um, we've also looking at upgrading our clubhouse as well. Um, so there's a couple of things that we've still got in the pipeline that... Unfortunately, because I got so much grant money two years ago, I've gone to the bottom of the list now, so I've got to work my way back up that list. And well, Where would a third field go? Uh, so behind us, we've got a, a grass field. Um, so we'd be looking at if that was the future, we'd basically squeeze it in there. And then we've got the clubhouse in the middle overlooking both fields either side. What does it mean with a third field here in terms of hosting events, tournaments, etc.? How significant does that become? Is this becoming a major hub for not only hockey on the Central Coast, but Sydney-based tournaments. Yeah, so we'd start to look at um, getting some of those... Um, you know, for starters, we wouldn't need to utilise Central Coast grammar. Yep. Um, so that's costing us money to hire that this weekend. Plus, you know, you're losing revenue from those, those people down there this weekend. So the ability to have everybody here means you've got one venue doing one things. We've got an issue with parking here because, you know, You've seen the driveway on the way in. It's pretty packed already, and it's only 9 a.m. in the morning. But we'd start to be able to host more of these type of events. We're restricted with we can only use grammar during school holidays, so yeah. that takes out you know, any other events that we might be able to host during the year. What about your floodlights? Just taking a look here, I'm no expert, but could they be upgraded to make it a, a world-class facility? Yeah, we've actually we've completed the far field. Um, so we paid 180 grand of ourselves last year to get that lighting upgraded. As of yesterday, I got approval from Central Coast Council. We've got a grant fund sitting there waiting to spend, but I've just been held up with local council getting DAs and approval from environmentalists and traffic management assessments. Um, we finally got approval yesterday to do these lights, so hopefully within the next month we'll actually have these upgraded. And then they're at the standard where we would be eligible to play Olympic-based events on here with the lighting. Wow. Um, they're that level. We're not going to get that, obviously, but they're at that standard. And it gives us flexibility that we can upgrade, downgrade that lighting, a lot more flexibility than what we've got now. So, And that will mean less power as well. It also gives you flexibility in terms of when you run your tournaments, how long the days last, yeah. et, cetera, et cetera, I can sit at home in my lounge room and turn the lights on and off. <laughs> yeah, right. There's people yeah, yeah. here using it too late. I can cut our energy down and turn them off from home. Hey, that's enormous power. Oh. That, he, that he wields, oh, isn't nice. it? Click hey, of a button. Great, great to see you, mate. I also want to find out, there's a lady walking around and all she's been doing since I arrived, apart from a bit of traffic management, she made me move the car. But <laughs> she's, <that> you? <laughs> she's collecting rubbish. Yep. Uh, shout out? 
Uh, that'd be Tracy Mexon. She's found the keys to the mower um, yesterday and just spent all day riding around pretending to empty bins. But I just think she was really joyriding. <laughs> These are people that are priceless. In yeah, hundred percent. Like they are just. We've got had people here that have been on the barbecue all day yesterday. Yeah. Tracy's emptying bins. She's you know running between the canteen and the barbecue. Yeah, we've got people that just rip in all weekend. Yeah, not looking for thanks, but definitely deserves a shout-out on the radio. Hey, let's get cracking. Thanks, BJ. We'll talk to you later no in the show. Uh, it's the Rugby League segment. Michael, West Tigers, after getting blown away. Actually, we've got a penalty corner here on field one. We'll keep an eye on that. West Tigers, after getting blown away against the Cowboys, uh, a gallant effort against the Sharks in Thursday night footy, 36-12. to 12. Raiders survive a late scare. They lead 30 points to 10. It finishes 36-26 yep. against St. George Illawarra. Yeah, look, a couple of games where teams, both teams, are Dragons and Tigers, coming back from massive losses the week before. And, uh, you know, the Bulldogs play this week, Steve, and I know that's going to be a, a sore spot for you, but that's a, a tough or a bitter pill to, swill, uh, to swallow based on, on their performance. But, you know, the West Tigers, my goodness, um, you know, they were competitive for that first half, but, you know, the Sharks were always going to be too strong, and Nico Hines was outstanding. Um, yeah, I just... Look, the Sharks had to win, and they've proven that they can beat those teams below them. Their biggest test is coming up in the next few weeks where they've got, you know, a pretty tough run where they take on teams within the top four uh, and top eight, and that's where their true test lies. And we saw it last year. They went out in straight sets in the finals. Same again this year. It's really important they, you know, create a lot more steely defence, know how to play against those strong sides and also how to get a win. Brad Fittler's uh, made changes for Game 3 Wednesday night. I just mentioned a BJ, dead rubber, but like he said, no such thing as a dead rubber. It's a chance for Queensland to sweep the series. Billy Slater to be immortalised. Brad Fittler. Drops Jerome Luai, Gutherson comes in, Cody Walker at number six, recalled for New South Wales. Yeah, look, I've got to say, Steve, to be honest with you, seven changes, and for me it looks like a there was a big red button that had panic written a bit around it, <laughs> and it was pressed, and it was pressed hard. And um, look, I, I, you know, there's obviously there needed to be changes, right? No doubt about it. Uh, I just, I'm glad to see Cameron Murray starting. Um, and again, I've said this from day one. For me, Liam Martin, Cameron Murray and Isaiah Yeo should have been our back row. Um, Kellen Matungi gets his opportunity. Uh, he's been in good form with um, South Sydney. Clint Gutherson on the bench. I just don't know where he fits into the interchange. We've seen it in game one with Nico Hines. I just don't know where Gutho fits in. Now, if we're relying on... Um, if we're relying on a injury, then it's not the way to... Well, I don't believe it's a way to select your team, right? You've got to actually base it on the fact that yeah, everybody's going to get through. Um, you know, I'm glad to see Cody Walker get a start. He's been in outstanding form. I know he's been out for like a couple of weeks, but he's been in really good form. And, you know, again, Jake Trebojevic will be back and he'll add a lot of steel to the side. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm not sure. I'm not convinced. You know... I think Luai's been maybe one of New South Wales' best players over the two losses. But what if they pick Cody for game one? Do, uh, let me pose this question to you. Do you think the Queensland team are too worried about Jerome Luai? No. 
No, not at all. And don't get me wrong. So you throw something different at them from game one, and you know what? Freddie says, I'm going to back you, Cody, the entire series. You go and weave your magic on that left edge. You know what, Steve? I look at... So does he strike fear into the Queenslanders? Cody, Cody Walker, best. I believe he does. No doubt about it. I think, especially when you think about the combination with Latrell Mitchell uh, in game one, then suddenly you're going, okay, well, this is something that we're fearing. right? Yeah. Um, and and you've, then you've got Cameron Murray, which suddenly becomes another option for them in terms of their combination. Damian Cook plays with, uh, you know, at South Sydney. So you have got a, com- you've got a, a host of combinations there. Look, mate, I've got to say, I, I go back to game one, right? And I remember saying it on the show here, you know, about the selection of Nico Hines. Going, you know what, I'm, I hope Freddie's got a rotation poly. For me, what they should have done is said that, you know what, we understand Nico has been selected, uh, sorry, he's in outstanding form. He's been probably the form player in the NRL for the last 18 months, right? There's no denying that. We've actually got the Australian halfback in Nathan Cleary that we're going to select. So we're not going to pick Nico Hines just based on the fact that he doesn't fit into our rotation system. Explain as to why or what you're going to do there. To have him on the bench, and then we've seen seen Nico, 10 minutes. We've seen Stefano, right? What's his? How do you pronounce his last name? Utoi Kamanu. You got it. Okay. We saw him get 10 minutes, right? Game two, we actually played the game basically with 15 men. Right? Because Stefano played ten, the last 10 minutes. Ludicrous. Right? And Trebojevic was off after three minutes. So we played Origin. In the first game we played it with 16 men. Damien Cook plays in the centres. Correct. And I just go, you know what? It just doesn't make sense to me that we think that we can play this way. Or uh, Again, I, I don't know whether... Yeah, it just concerns me as to what was thinking or the, the rationale behind it. So that might be part of your good, the bad and the ugly, which is coming up very shortly. A couple of good stories here. For Queensland, Corey Horsburgh is named. Big Red in the 17 jumper coming off the bench for the Queensland team. And for New South Wales, Central Coast boy Bradman Best, yeah. na- named in the centres. Uh, his family now live in Queensland and his younger brother has maybe got an opportunity coming through with the Brisbane Broncos. I bumped into them at Red Hill when I was up there recently for State of Origin. So congratulations to Bradman. We've watched yeah. him since he was a junior down on the peninsula. I played with his dad uh, in Australian schoolboys, Roger, uh, way back in the day, back in 91. And uh, my son went to school with Bradman, and uh, they're still good mates now. But, yeah, great. Well done to Bradman Best. Um, you know, a massive game he had last week against the Bulldogs. And, you know, I know a lot of people are saying that, you know, on the back of that one performance, he's been selected. You know, I, I'd like to think that, and, you know, they've backed this up, Freddie and... Uh, Brandy, especially Brandy, he got a little bit um, heated in terms of some interviews that he's had. You know, he's been on the radar for a while. And, you know, let's think about who we've got in the centres at the moment or who's available. And unfortunately, with, you know, our two best centres in Trebojevic and um, Latrell out, you know, we're probably limited in that area. And, uh, you know, he certainly deserves his spot. Well, he ticks a lot of boxes, doesn't he? Well, he certainly does. You know, he's a strong runner. He hates Queenslanders. He's made that pretty (laughs) obvious. Um, earlier through, all throughout the week. So from that end, you know, I wish him all the best. I hope he does really well. Haven't the Bulldogs played some players into form in 2023, <laughs> including Parramatta? <laughs> oh, haven't they? Well, you know what? I look at their side. It's, gee, it's a far cry from... The um, halcyon days. Hey, we need to go to a break. Yeah, uh, coming up in a few moments, Ryan Doherty will join us, the captain of the Entrance Tigers. They've got a massive game this weekend against Cessnock in the Denton Cup Rugby League. Ali Broadbent joining us.
Grand final time in Suncorp Super Netball. What a game last week. Swifts winning against the West Coast Fever, 65 goals to 64. They only hit the front in the final minute against the reigning Premiers. An amazing game, Steve. Amazing game. Yeah, and the week before that, they go down by two against the Thunderbirds, mm. who are in the grand final for the first time in a decade. We'll also talk some tennis. David Hall, OAM, will join us to have a look at Wimbledon overnight. Djokovic gets through on paper. It looked like a tough second round, but straight sets against Vavrinka. Off to a break. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Robson Civil, 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, good morning. Welcome back. We're live at uh, the New South Wales Under-13 Hockey Championships. Loving the action. We've got a group of mums right in front of us. Where are you guys from? Someone shout out. What part of the state? From Northwest. And uh, great to have you guys on the coast. We're watching uh, Metro Southwest up against Orange at the moment. And on the far field, Parks up against Newcastle. And great to have everyone here on the Central Coast. Butes, uh, the captain of the Mighty Entrance Tigers, is joining us right now. Ryan Doherty, they're up against Cessnock later on this afternoon. Good morning, mate. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, Steve. Good morning, guys. Hope you're both well. Yeah, we're well, mate. Massive game for you guys this afternoon up against Cessnock, a road trip. And let's talk about your form. So in the last couple of weeks, a win against Western Suburbs, 30-25, to 25, and then narrow loss to the Butcher Boys last start. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's been a little bit patchy lately. Uh, we, we, had a, we had a real good stretch there, um, you know, probably two months ago now. And um, we're coming to the pointy end of the season, and it's probably... Our form's probably not where it needs to be. Um, the game against West, we were, um, I thought we were really good. The, the scoreline probably doesn't reflect, um, you know, how good we were. They scored a couple late um, and then a disappointing loss uh, two weeks ago to Central, which, um, you know, was disappointing because we're in a good position to, to cement our, uh, a spot for the semi-finals. And look, that's what you get in this Newcastle comp. You get close, tough games and, um, you know, we weren't at our best, and yeah, and we and we paid for that. But um, yeah, big challenge for us today, and we're looking forward to it. Yeah, you know, you've got a few excuses. Uh, both your starting halves from the beginning of this year have both been ruled out, I believe, for the rest of the season. And pretty handy replacement comes in. I, I notice your team list. Adam McInnes will play at five eighth today, and tell us a little bit more about Hayden Ritchie, who'll start in the seven. Yeah, so uh, you know, it's unfortunate we've lost Will Pearsall and. Jack Barriston for the year and um, a player who's been part of our squad, Sione Tonga, for, for a few years now. He's broken his hand, but he's not too far away from returning. But we're lucky this year. We've got a lot of depth in the halves. And, um, yeah, Adam McGuinness, he's a, he's a veteran. He's been around for a long time. He's won premierships in the Ron Massey Cup and um, local competition. So, um, you know, we don't lose anything there with, with Adam coming in. And then young Haydos, he, he's going fantastic, mate. I, I think he's... Only about 19, 18, 19, and um, you know, he just a lot of for for a young bloke playing the halves, pressure doesn't really get to him. Um, you know, he plays eyes up football, and um, yeah, he's going really well. I've been really impressed with him, and he's a local junior, and I think he's he's going places, and um, you know, playing in this Newcastle comp is only going to be better for his development as well. Yeah, Ryan, it's a massive game. I mean, you're both top five on the ladder. Mm. Give us your thoughts on Cessnock. Oh mate, they're a they're a really good outfit. They're really strong. Um, they were 
from memory, uh, they were the the team that went undefeated for the longest. They um, they they had a really strong start of the year. I think they won about their first seven or eight. Um, their form's been a little bit patchy the last month to six weeks, but they've really hit back strong the last couple of weeks. And right, they got they got some some great players across the park. Um, you know, they've probably got players that could be playing, you know, in top 30 NRL squads. Um, you know, they're a great side and they're sitting fourth, we're sitting fifth. So it's, it's a massive game for both teams today. So um, it's a challenge and we're really looking forward to it. What's going to be the key, mate? You've obviously, you know, like you said earlier, you, you've had patchy form, but um, obviously getting back to some of the basics will help. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think... Um, you know, you look at those those last two games, a, a win against West, I think our completion rate was above 80%. Uh, you look at our loss to Central and we're completing at about 65%. So, you know, the the proof's there, um, holding the ball, getting back to basics. And, um, you know, we're going to have to match them in the middle. Um, they got, you know, some great strike across the park. But as, as you'd know, when you can contain a middle, you can contain a lot of players around them. They've got possibly the best player in the competition at number nine in Lucas. So, um, you know, we've done... I don't know too much about him, but we've done a fair bit of homework on him this week and, um, you know, he looks like he's a great player. So if we can contain him, um, I think he'll go a long way into to getting a win today. Ryan, is the final series of five-team finals in the Denton Cup? Yes, correct. Yeah, five teams, um, I think, first gets the week off and then, yeah, two play three, four play five and... Um, you know, we're, we're in a position there, fifth at the moment, where we can, um, you know, we can we can make this final series, and we're in a good position to do so. But you know, we've got four games left, and it's you know it's, it's on us to, to to lock down that 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 spot in the semi-finals. Yeah, destiny in your own hands. And one thing I've loved about this year is Wyong also have been travelling in the top two or three all year. They're equal second at the moment, along with South Newcastle, uh, which is Andrew Ryan's club, Maitland on top on twenty six. So the reigning premiers have got some breathing space, but Wyong up against Northern Hawks later on today. That should, on paper, should be a fairly comfortable victory for the Roos. Yeah, mate. Yeah, look, and I've said it. I've said it to you guys before. This comp, you just, you just don't know. You really have to turn up, um, and if you don't, you will get beat. But you are right. Wyong have been um, have been consistent all year. Uh, they've they've um, yeah they've they've come against come up against sides where. They should be winning and they get the job done and they put up a good fight against the good teams and have, have come away with victories because they just stick to their processes. So, look, yeah, I'd like to think they'll, they will get a win today. Um, they're in a, I think they're in a good position to, to make the semi-finals as well. So, um, yeah, I, I'd expect them to win. But like I said before, you just you just don't know because we've played against the Northern Hawks and, um, you know, they're a side that's improving. It's their first year in the competition. They're getting better and better every week. Um, so no doubt they'll turn up, but yeah, I'd expect Wong to get the job done today. Hey Ryan, I know it's game day, so I don't want to hold you for too long, but just want to finish talking about Origin. So mm. we mentioned earlier, Bradman best named in the centres. You've probably come up against him in Central Coast Rugby League at some stage. Former Tiger, Jacob Saifidi, named on the bench for New South Wales in the 15 jumper. And awesome that Scotty Drinkwater has also been brought around that New South Wales squad. Yeah, a bit of coast flavour to the to the Origin squad. It's it's unreal, mate. Um, I didn't. I'd never come up against Bradman, but I did have a have a bit to do with Bradman in my um in my time teaching. And look, he he was a great kid. Um, and we're talking about big stuff. 
lucky enough to play with stuff for, for a few years and look I'm so stoked for him I think um, he's shown him the open arena that he belongs there um, you know I think he probably should have been there from the start and you know yeah I'm really stoked for him and can't wait to to, to, to watch him go on Wednesday and, and Scotty um, another great kid from the coast and you know I know he's 18th man but he, he'll learn a lot from that experience and um, yeah it's just just a really good good thing to have have three coasties in the in the squad and look there's some other kids I think in in the grades coming through um, from the central coast who I think no doubt in time could possibly be there as well so yeah it's really good to see yeah I'll tell you Buttes Pound for pound, having three players from our region is huge, isn't it? Oh, it's phenomenal, and it's outstanding for Central Coast and all these local juniors that are coming through that they have got um, some role models, some you know players to follow and aspire and uh, know that there there is a pathway, a genuine pathway. Ryan, we could talk about origin selection, and we'd go on for hours and hours. But, and, you know, I heard you talk about, you know, Jacob Saifidi should have been there game one. Again, mate, I'm not going to go into this because it just it's going to drag on and just frustrate the hell. No, out I of agree me. with you, Buttes. Like, uh, there's too many one-hit wonders. Like, oh, I just wish that at some stage they go, "You're going to cop some heat if we lose the game." But I've, I'm backing I'm you backing the entire series. Stefano, he gets ten minutes. How can you? You get selected in game two. What have you done in ten minutes on the field, right, to warrant you not being selected or? Why wouldn't you give him more time if you think he's worthy of being in that 17? It just beggars belief, mate. At, at Ryan's club, what do you think Jamie Forbes is saying week in, week out to his players? Ryan? <laughs> Forbes, is a, Forbes is a larrikin. He, like, and and that's, the, that's the good thing about Forbes. He has, he has a good connection with his players. And, you know, he, he gets you up every week. And, you know, there's, there's not a lot of chop and change. You know, players... You know, Different in our comp compared to Origin. I know Origin's a three-game series, but um, yeah, you got You got to stick sometimes. And um, you, know, you look at the Origin selections, and you're right. You can go on all day about um, what should have been done. And you know, it's easy to say when, when New South Wales has lost two two games, it's very easy to criticise. But yeah, I agree with what Butes was saying. Like with Stefano and um, other players like that, you know, you give them ten minutes, and then and they're not there the next game. It's like yeah, it's a bit confusing. Hopefully we can um, put on a good performance on Wednesday night anyway. Yeah. Well, mate, great to have you on the show again. Uh, best wishes to the Mighty Tigers later on today. Let's hope you get an upset win against Cessnock away from home. And we'll talk soon. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate it. So, Ryan Doherty, the captain of the famous Entrance Tigers, joining us on the show. Uh, during that interview, we just saw another goal. So Metro Southwest have scored. By the way, there's a live stream of the under-13 New South Wales State. How good. How good. If you can't make it here, then obviously just jump online and you can check it out. Check out all the action. Well, you'd imagine there'd be hundreds of viewers from around New South Wales that want to see their loved ones Yep. Oh, here's a chance. Oh, missed opportunity. Just away to the right-hand side. That was a chance for Orange Mm. at at the northern end of the field. Off to a break here, off to the news. We'll come back and talk Suncorp Super Netball Grand Final with Ali Broadbent right after this. Robson Civil, 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, good morning. Welcome back live from the state under-13 girls hockey championships. We just saw Metro Southwest winners against Orange. I will say this. I feel like some of the defense 
from Orange was outstanding. Mm. Without some of those young ladies at the back, it could have been a bigger scoreline. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, certainly created plenty of opportunities, but you're right, Steve, the defence was outstanding from the Orange team. But unfortunately, they went down 2-0 uh, to Met West. Did you Metro say? Southwest. Metro Southwest, yeah, well done to those Isn't girls. Isn't it interesting some of the regions that really embrace hockey? Yeah. Do you yeah. find that? So our next game is Goulburn up against Canberra. So... A real local derby coming up in a few moments. Yeah, looking forward to it. I reckon this is one of the dads too. Just a way to your right. He looks a little nervous. Uh, he's he's yeah. pacing up and down. <laughs> oh, oh, he's got the business he's card. Got a business card. Hey, here we go. His, his people want to talk to our people, so he's no, doing the live stream. Uh, he's doing the live stream. There you go. Ah, fantastic. Paul Mills, national manager, LSB Australia, video live streaming productions. There you go. So if you want to watch someone in action... That's how to go about it. Yep. Good plug. Good plug. Well done, Paul. Well done, well done, well done. <laughs> hey, uh, let's talk Suncorp Super Netball Grand Final. Buttes, I mean, this is the game that just keeps on giving. Last week, New South Wales Swiss behind the entire match. You live and die by the two-point shot. Mm. And they got back into it with one minute remaining and held on to win against the reigning Premier. 65 goals to 64. Let's welcome Ali Broadbent. Australian Netball Diamonds legend and Swift's legend back to the show. Good morning, Ali, and grand final weekend. How do you see it? Oh, man. Yeah, it was a cracker last week. The um, I told you it was going to go down to the wire, so um, those two-point shots are invaluable at, um, in, that, in those uh, final games. So, no, it was awesome. It's exciting for tonight. Ali, can you remember a better final series? Like, it seems to have had everything, oh. and I dare say with the grand final tonight... If we get another one-point game, then it will have delivered well and truly. Yeah, no, I, I, you're right, Butes. I, I, don't, I can't remember a, uh, a final series where it's been every game has been hard fought and you, you can't really pick it. Like, I look, seriously, last week's game, I thought it would be close. I didn't think it would be that close. And for the Swifts to come away with the win in the end, they just kept in touch with, um, with the fever, which is what you need to do with that team because they are so dominant... Um, with Fowler up the front end. So, um, yeah, like it was just awesome to watch. And I think that um, it was a really, a really great game. And the week before, like hopefully, hopefully for a sellout crowd today in Melbourne, um, Mm. they will be, it will be another great game. Just diving into the numbers here. So a young lady comes on, and this is what I love about Bryony Akel. So she rotates that shooting circle at times. Sophie Fawns, I think her numbers with that super shot, seven from 11 and we're talking about a very young lady but she's like the ice woman yeah she is um look and you know what Soph came on last week she had a really disappointing uh semi-final she came on in that overtime um section and she probably um felt the weight of the world on her shoulders she is only 19 years old I think um it wasn't her fault it just was the circumstance and um she probably didn't play where she wanted to that week before and I I think Bryony did a really smart job last week of resting her players um, at different times throughout the match. So I think everyone um, was kept fresh and I think um, she didn't hesitate to put the bench on. It just shows the strength of what Bryony does and the, the faith she has in her team. But Soph came on last week and every time she came on, she just added something a little bit different and made um, the defence think a little bit differently. And, and she shot so well because uh, Helen was a little bit off um, with her super shots, I would say. So I think, um, you know, it'll just depend on how they all go tonight, really. 
Yeah, well said, Ali. I, I think Helen's been the best in the business all season, but her, her super shot, well, her, her overall shooting, 19 from 19, mm. but from downtown or the super shot, three from nine. Yeah, I, there's yeah. a big discrepancy there. Yeah. I, I love the fact, Ali, what you're talking about, <laughs> you know, the coach giving confidence and backing the players from the bench. Like, uh, you know what, I think... You know, like most games, you know, rugby league's a 17-man game, netball, similar. You know, you rely so heavily. The last thing you want to see from your players who are coming off the bench is for them to drop the intensity. Uh, they need to have an impact, and, and it's clear that that happened, um, or that has been happening for the Swiss throughout the year. Yeah, look, Bryony's done, um, and look, she has got the, the capability sitting on the bench as well, and, and the team really... Um, the Swifts, are, are, we're an old team, I think, compared to some of the other teams within the Super um, super Netball season. So I think there's a lot of heritage there. They pride themselves on, on building within the club and, and being a really strong united group um, on and off the bench and on and off the court. And I think that um, what Bryony did last week, if you listen to some of her post-match um, conversations, like she had no plan. Um, she started with a seven and then she just about played the game and called it as she saw it. And if one of the players looked like they were fatiguing, she took them off, um, it, particularly in the midcourt with Proud and, and Hadley and, and gave them a little bit of a rest. Even five minutes just gives a little bit more of an overlook and, and sort of injects something different to the game. So I think she was really smart in that way last mm-hmm. week. Hey, Ali, after last week's game, I looked at Dan Ryan... He almost looked like he was in tears. And Nerida Stewart, who relocated from the Central Coast to go over and be the assistant coach, I mean, there must be a lot of soul-searching for them because that last quarter, I think the numbers were 19 goals to 13 in favour of the New South Wales Swifts. Now, they had one foot in the grand final to defend their titles. So it's going to be a long off-season for them. Oh, look, it's going to be a, a long off-season for them, for any team, really, I guess. But um, the Fever probably haven't been as strong in that fourth quarter um, through the last half of the season. So I think if you watch any of their um, round games, um, they've really struggled in that last quarter. So I don't know whether that's fatigue or, or just a, a little bit of belief. I'm not sure. There's a lot of pre- pressure on Fowler um, for her shooting, and she's awesome in that sense. But um, I think Glasgow, the loss of Glasgow in the last five minutes of last week's game, um, and there's a lot of a little bit of controversy around that um, removal. She she had a, a I don't know you guys would know better than me, but a, a concussion that was later onset, I guess, and um, from when she hit the pole. So I think there's a few things like that that they're probably looking back. And what Dan probably hasn't got is the strength on the bench. Um, is the strength on the bench and the um, and that has probably come out when Glasgow hasn't been able to um, when she hasn't been able to go on with the court and Emma Kosh had to come on and she hasn't had a lot of game time this year so yeah it was evident. How does that? How does tonight play out, Ellie? Pardon? How does tonight play out? Oh look. Honestly, it's the two teams I thought will be in the final. I think um, it's going to... I can't sit on the fence. I'm going to say the Swifts, but I think um, there's a lot of passion behind the Thunderbirds and it's been a long time for them. So I think um, really, at the end of the day, I just hope it's a really great game for netball because I think um, that that excites players and and the community and and, um, promotes netball in a really good light. So, um, yeah, so Swifts by a couple, let's say. (laughs) Yeah, Great answer, Ali. I've got one more question for you, and it's just around Sophie Fawns. Now, 
I'm not sure if you got any intel on what kind of sports psychology they do at the New South Wales Swiss, but I do notice a lot of the players during the game are trying to smile as much as they can and almost be in the moment. Have you noticed this, Buttes? And I feel like they must be doing some work behind the scenes where they're going, you know what, this is only one hour of netball. It's not the end of the world. Try to enjoy the moment if something happens. Now, I noticed that, I reckon in the last 12 months under Briney's reign more than I ever have before because it's a high-pressure situation that some of these young athletes are in. And I just noticed, particularly with Sophie Fawns last week, that it looks like they're trying to enjoy the moment and take some of the pressure off. Uh, look, that's just for me. I, yeah, definitely. Bryony, um has instilled in the girls and the players, um, I suppose, you get a short period of time to wear, wear the dress or wear the Swiss dress or the jersey or whatever it is. Um, let's enjoy it, but also do yourselves and the club really proud by just, you know, living in the moment. And I think um, that's developed and evolved over time. And I think the beauty of the Swifts is that we have been around for a long time. Um, there are a lot of new clubs that don't have, I suppose, you look at the Collingwood Magpies and what sort of evolved for them hasn't been great. Um, but that, that's sort of a little bit different. But the Swifts have been there from the very start of where this National League sort of started with me. Um, in 1997 so it's probably one of those things that Bryony's done really well with just making sure that the players know you know you don't get a, a long time in this dress you don't you know you just got to enjoy for what it is and um, and really look after each other so it's been great yeah well said Ali and it's been a an absolute pleasure to have you back on our show in 2023 thank you so much uh, you're having a netball party tonight at the Broadbent residence and a beaut and I invited <laughs> You're always invited. There's, uh, you know, the beauty about not being uh, just sitting and watching the game now is you just get to have a share a couple of glasses of red and, uh, yeah, and scream from the lounge room. So it'll be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thanks again, Ali. Have a good weekend. No worries. Yeah, right. Cheers. Bye. I find it interesting, Steve, you talk about, you know, how the girls are feeling. And you think about what you do, you know, or when you're performing at your best. You're generally feeling good. You're happy. You're, you know, you're not... You know, I don't know. Tense. Yeah, correct. And so, you know, whatever she's doing there, the coach, in relation to preparing their players and, and, you know, making them feel good while they're out on the court, it's obviously been reflected in their performances. You know the other team that I feel are doing this at times, and that's Collingwood. Right, okay. So I see some of their players, like at times you'll actually, and we could ask the guru about it, Mm. Gary Birkinshaw, who's coming up in the second hour, but you will see them actually have a laugh if something happens on the field that is, you know, maybe uh, unorthodox. Yep. A little bit different or something that, yeah, and it's like it's something that happened at training, which you go, okay, well, let's roll with it. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, interesting mindset. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic game. If you look at the numbers over the years, so that semi final a couple of weeks ago, 64 to 62, which. I feel the Swift should have won. Mm. There was about eight seconds left, and they had the ball in their hands. They were in front, and they turned over possession. So, you know, they deserve to be where they are, the New South Wales Swifts. And then the previous game, the Thunderbirds won that as well, 60-57. So, you know... There's not a lot in it. It's five goals across two games. Yeah, so it's yeah. going to be fantastic. Well done to the Thunderbirds as well on getting back to a grand final. We're off to a break. We haven't done the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's coming, mate. It's we'll, coming. We'll do that right after this. We'll also catch up with David Hall and talk Wimbledon after mm. 10 o'clock. 
Saturdays on the coast, thanks to Robson Civil Projects, Whitey's Right Price Tyres and Slime's Board Store on SEN. Robson Civil, 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, good morning. Welcome back. The State Under-13 Girls Hockey Championships. Let's cue the music straight away. This is the theme from the good, the bad and the ugly. So there we go, Buttes. Uh, the theme song from The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. Mm. It's a condensed version this morning. Yep. Michael, you've got about two minutes. Right, uh, let's make it happen. The Good, The Cowboys last week. You talk about being happy when they're playing. My <laughs> goodness. There were smiles everywhere. On the field, in the stands. What an absolute debacle it was for the West Tigers. 74-0. Bear in mind that some six, seven weeks ago, they did a number on the Cowboys at Leichhardt Oval, which was just so out of character. But well done to the Cowboys. Great performance. And, you know, Scotty Drinkwater, congratulations to him on well, his um, selection as well, 18th man. Well, they've been through a metamorphosis. They certainly have. Who's your bad? My bad is <laughs> the New South Wales selection process for origin. I'm not going to say any more, nor do I need to, because... I think it's been an absolute debacle. Okay, the ugly. You've got about 45 seconds. The ugly is the current stand by the RLPA and the NRL in relation to the CBA and this ongoing drawn-out saga that is the CBA. And it just, you know what, let's get it sorted. Seriously. Um, It just does my head in. I I can't believe it feels like it's too child. Two children. Uh, are you in favour of the players? Uh, mate, I don't know enough about it. I'm just, you know what, let's just get it done. Whatever happens, get uh, it done. My, my good in the NRL is everything that Mark Hughes and the foundation did yeah. last weekend. Outstanding. My, my ugly, if I went to world sport, it's got to be Johnny Bairstow. We'll talk about that oh, in the, in the second out. The whole thing is ugly. Yeah. We're off to the news. Back with David Hall to talk some Wimbledon. Also Gary Birkinshaw, the guru, coming up. And Butes' top three on Saturdays on the coast. Robson Civil, 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast with Steve Allen and Michael Butner on SEN Track. Yeah, good morning. We're live from the hockey, the girls under 13 state championships. Before I forget, Butes, a shout out to my beautiful mum, Mandy Allen. Love you, mum. Listening live from the Gold Coast. Our she would be our number one fan, along with Big Ash Gavinlock. She doesn't miss a show, does she? Uh, she has a few technical issues from right. time to time. <laughs> gotcha. And she's been known to mention those on the Facebook page. <laughs> the boss of the organisation, Craig Hutchison, reached out to her through the week. Oh, very good. The big dog. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I so, like that. Hope you're having a great day, Mum. And... Uh, catch up with you later in the year i'm sure it's sunny and warm up there as well every day is mate yeah in palm beach beautiful so some great games locally this weekend in central coast rugby league tookley up against berkeley vale so the reigning premiers wyong versus erina should be a fantastic game terrigal against the entrance the sharks having a good year buttes yeah they are which is great for uh terrigal and uh look it's a really good competition at the moment and uh 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to a couple of games this weekend. Local derby, Woi Woi up against the King Cumber Colts. That game being played tomorrow at 2.35. Look, just before we go to our next special guest, let me throw it back to the studio. You mentioned about the Bulldogs in the first hour. Mm. Adam Staples, massive Rabbitohs fan, with all of these stars out for South Sydney. <laughs> Are you still confident tonight that you can put a cricket score on Canterbury-Bankstown? Yeah, good morning, guys. Uh, look, I, I actually think this is a big chance for the Bulldogs to step up, show their fans some fight, uh, especially you know after last week's big defeat. It's definitely a danger game for South, to be honest, and Cody Walker is a big out for the Bunnies in addition to the others, and, of course, they've still got some injured. So I am interested to see, with Dean Hawkins coming in, how he'll go alongside Lachlan Elias. He's shown promise in the New South Wales Cup. He's had glimpses at the top level when Walker obviously was out with that quad strain, so it's an opportunity for him and, of course, for the senior players in the bunny side to step up and set an example. Uh, but yeah, the rea- nice, mate. The reality nice. is... And, uh, you I'd... told me you've got a question for Buttes this morning. Yeah. Uh, so, Buttes, being a, a, a Blues fan, obviously, um, with this being a dead rubber, would it? how much does it mean to you as a Blues supporter to stop this clean sweep? Oh, it's essential, and I think the selections have sort of indicated that. Um, you know, this is a game that they're going to, in to win, and they need to win um, for a number of reasons. You know, you know whether Freddie takes on the role again next year or he's considered for the role, um, I guess state pride, um, ultimately, because, you know, I don't think, in all honesty, I don't think it's a 3-0 gap between the teams in relation to, you know, you look at them on paper. And I know we've had a lot of changes in our side, but I don't think Queensland are that far ahead that it should be a whitewash. But what it does tell me is that, you know, their spirit, the way that they've approached this series has been second to none. And, yeah, mate, this is essential. I don't care. Any origin game is important. Uh, but no one wants to be on the back of a 3-0 whitewash, that's for sure. Yeah, great question, Adam. Uh, at the moment, we've got a nil score scoreline in the game right in front of us. Goulburn up against Canberra in the under-13 state championships. BJ was just telling me, a lot of these young players, they missed a couple of years through COVID mm. of essential development. So this is a crucial tournament for them all to get back together and show their skills. Hey, I'm rising, and I hope you do too, Buttes, and our technician, Valentine Holmes. Oh, jeez, we've got to get up. The great David Hall's joining oh. us. Uh, absolute legend of wheelchair tennis, Paralympic gold medalist in Sydney. I think for about eight years he was world number one. Paulie, good morning, mate. Welcome back to our show. Good morning, boys. Great to be with you. Uh, gee, it's great to hear your voice, mate. Are you coming to us live from your Mustang, 1967? <laughs> mate, I wish I was. I'm actually sitting in the, the runaround. I'm, I'm in the old Toyota Corolla. Is, is that what you've got, a 67 Mustang? Because that is on my bucket list. Well, you're close. Uh, it's 66, uh, and I think the... Well, every time I pull into a petrol station, I think the, the petrol companies uh, let out three cheers because I'm burning a lot of cash <laughs> put, putting in the fuel. But, uh, I mean, I've had it for 20 years, and it's still as exciting to drive today as, as what it was uh, when I first got it. So, yeah, I just love, I just love driving that car. Yeah. How many times would you fill up on a trip to Queensland? Probably about 47 <laughs> Mate, uh, last night, uh, on paper, it looked like it could have been a challenge for Djokovic, but he gets it done in straight sets. 
636176. Uh, in a breaker, 7-5 against Stan Vavrinka. So, I mean, that's a tough second-round match, isn't it? But uh, how do you see this year's tournament? Well, yeah, it is. Uh, it, it is a tough, tough match-up for Novak, but he came through that pretty well. And, of course, he's been playing great in the slams already uh, this year. And, and of, like, grass, you'd have to say, is probably his best surface. So, look, it is his tournament uh, to lose. I think uh, probably in the other half of the draw... Uh, Carlos Alcaraz, the young Spaniard, mm. is the one most likely to give him uh, some trouble because I think he's adapted his well, his game well to grass, uh, winning winning Queens last week. So, yeah, I think if it ends up being a Novak uh, Alcaraz final, I think that that'll definitely be one to watch. Where does our man Demonor fit into the equation, uh, Hawley? Um, obviously, with Kyrgios withdrawing just before the start of the tournament, uh, I guess a lot of our hopes, uh, and when I say our hopes, as in the Aussies, uh, rest solely on Dimino's shoulders. Yeah, Butes, well, it was a tough night last night for Dimino. Uh, he actually went out to, to Matteo Berrettini, uh, the big serving Italian. So, yeah, tough, tough for Alex, you know, come, coming up against those big servers. If you don't take your chances... Uh, then, then it's it's very difficult, and and you know Jason Kubler also he's out. Uh, he lost mm. in four sets to to Nicholas Jarry from from Argentina. So yeah, not a, not a great night for the Aussie men. But that's the nature of the beast at Wimbledon. Like when you come up against the power hitters and the big servers, if you don't you don't take those chances, then then, then you're out. So. Yeah, not good for, for the Aussie men. Kokonaka's lost in qualifying. Uh, Kyrgios, of course, you know, had to withdraw uh, before his first match. So, yeah, not, not a good Wimbledon for, for the Australian men. Has, has it been somewhat overshadowed, the, uh, the Wimbledon at the moment? And I know we're only in the first week. And here's a question for you, Hawley, as well. Just like, you know, with the Ashes going on at the moment, like it's really... And, and Tour de France is Tour de France, on. yeah. There's so much happening in world sport. And and I don't know about you, Hawley, but with Ash Barty no longer playing and without having a, an Aussie at the pointy end, and speaking of Ash Barty, congratulations. Yes. She had a beautiful baby boy through the week. But, you know, if there's not an Aussie there, and I'm the same with the superbikes, like once Casey Stoner stopped racing... Sometimes you lose a bit of interest in that sport. What are your thoughts, David? No, you're, yeah, you, you guys are exactly right, I think, because Australians at Wimbledon have had such a rich history over the years. I mean, you go all the way back to, you know, Pat Rafter, Leighton, Philippousis. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're always in contention. And you go further back to, to Cash and, and Nuke and Ken Rosewell, and, you know, you go, go a long way back there. But, like, uh, Wimbledon's had such a rich history uh, for Australia that when we have a player that doesn't make the second week uh, it does, it, I mean for us I think it does lose some of its luster which is which is a shame and yeah you guys are right, there is a lot of other sport going on uh, around the world so I guess from that perspective uh, maybe uh, from an Australian point of view, you, like we might only tune in to the finals you know, and see actually who who ends up winning the tournament in, in the final match. But, yeah, it is a shame that, that there isn't, you know, an Ash Barty or, or a Kyrgios uh, making a deep uh, second-week run. 
Well, it was only last year Kyrgios was in the final. And, um, yeah, it's just hard to believe that, you know, it's... And I guess, again, you know, my, my focus really has been over the last couple of weeks, and in particular the last couple of nights, has been the, the cricket and how that's all playing out. I find it... Um, you know, riveting to be a part of that. But I, I think you're right, Holly. It'll be towards the final that uh, the interest does spike up. And, you know, obviously with the, the, the two that you mentioned, uh, Djokovic and uh, Alvarez. Is that it? Yeah, that's... Alcaraz. 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 Yeah, yeah. You know, they're obviously going to be the two guns. You know, again, I, I guess the question for you, Holly, is, you know, he got his 23rd Grand Slam um, at the US Open. Where at the did, French. That's French, sorry, at the French. Where does this now put him if he happens to, um, you know, go on and, and take out the Wimbledon title? And then obviously, you know, how much longer has he got to go? Like, he just seems to be unbeatable at the moment. Yeah, I think he's... Uh, look, if he stays fit and he stays motivated, I think he could have three or four more seasons at this level. And when you think about that, like, that, that's a potential... Well, that's, you know, 12 slams. So even if you say that, you know, he might win three or four out of the next 12, like that that would, you know, put him on 26, 27 slams, which is, I mean, that is a Star Wars number. Like, that, that is incredible. <laughs> it is an incredible number. And when you You're think right. of it, if he wins Wimbledon, he'll actually match Margaret Court's 24 slams. Uh, which is the most slams that any any player has won in, in singles. So, look, I mean, in my mind, in terms of the men, he's the greatest of all time. Uh, of course, Federer and, and Rafa uh, are in the conversation as well. But, but yeah, he just he can win matches when he's not playing in his best, and I think that that is a true champion right there. Hey, yeah. boys, just in the last couple of minutes, because we haven't haven't gotten an Aussie. At the pointy end of Wimbledon, let's reminisce about some of the great moments. So I go all the way back, and this is not the Aussies, but I still remember watching Bjorn Borg, Martino Navratilova and Chris Evert-Lloyd, probably in black and white TV. But if I had to name a great moment for the Aussies, I sat up all night. So we couldn't watch the extended highlights, buttes like we can these days. Mm -hmm. I think it was about 2 or 3 a.m. and Pat Cash has won. Jumps in the... Started climbing the grandstand yeah. to get to his Aussie supporters. <laughs> what a night in Australian sport that was. I think maybe circa, if I had to lock in a number, maybe 87? I, I think 87 too, yeah. What about for you guys? I, I'm similar. I, I, you know, Pat Cash stands out for me. And you know what? It was nice to hear, Hawley, you mentioned earlier, you know, some of those names, the, you know, the Leighton Hewitt, the Pat Rafter, you know, the way that they've gone about it and, and held themselves, you know, Ash Barty and what she's done there. You know, Nick Curious last year, but yeah, we have had such a strong presence there at Wimbledon, and uh, the Pat Cash thing stands out for me, no doubt about it. What about you, Hawley? I think you're right. I think it is cashy because I was I was 17 at the time, and I had actually just started uh, hitting balls in terms of wheelchair tennis. So, like, I was just starting to really get back into tennis again, and to see Cashy win that. Uh, final over over Lendl, which he wasn't really the favourite, and I think Lendl was he was the player that could never quite get it done at Wimbledon, and everyone thought, oh, he'll beat you know Cashy, but uh, Cashy just played a great match that night, and I stayed up all night, watched it, uh, woke up bleary eyed the, the next morning, and 
uh, was just so happy that, that an Australian had, had won Wimbledon. So uh, yeah, that was a that was a heck of an effort from Cashy, and the only Slam that he ever won. Like we thought that he might go on and, and win other Slams, but he did lose that that final against Max Volander at the Australian Open uh, the mm-hmm. next season in five sets. So. Yeah, but no, that was that was a great night for Australian sport. Yeah, it, it's funny too that when you look at Ivan Lendl, you maybe think, will there be a better player than Ivan Lendl? I mean, he wins the Australian Open twice, French Open three times, 84, 86, 87. Wimbledon, so he's a finalist twice. US Open, he wins three times, 85, 86, 87. But then we look at these three that have come along. It actually goes into, well... You look at that record, and it's you know at the time it was unbelievable, and phenomenal. Was, yeah, yeah, and he was a you know a player that we just went, wow, how good is the, this guy? But the, the only can, blemish is Wimbledon. Compare that to what Djokovic has done, and suddenly you're rattling off five or six, seven or eight different and, titles. And then after Lendl comes Pete Sampras. Yes. So Pistol I, Pete. Yeah. Yeah, we could talk all day about the great moments in tennis. Hey, David Hall, I'm rising again. Standing ovation for you, mate. Great to have you back on the show. Uh, We look forward to doing it again next weekend. Good on you, boys. Take care. David Hall, OAM. Mm. Grew up just north of us here. There's a statue somewhere, isn't there? They're still working on it. No, I moved a motion decades ago that we should have a statue in Budgie Woy of David Hall. It's uh, 19 past 10. Coming up next, Gary Birkenshaw. He'll step through the AFL. His Richmond Tigers were winners. Collingwood winners last night against the Western Bulldogs. He'll thoroughly dissect this third test of the Ashes, including... We might have audio. I'm sure Adam's got audio back in the studio of Kerry and Johnny Bairstow. We're only well, two a, days in. What a moment in sport that is in 2023. And we'll also do Butte's top three. Plus, Steve-O Sports Person of the Week Love before it. 11 this morning on SEN. Robson Civil, 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, good morning, 24 past 10. Beautiful day, not a cloud in sight. They're saying a cold snap, but where we are, I mean, I've stripped down buttes. You have, mate. I'm surprised, like... <laughs> I know you've still got your pants on, but it won't be long before you start stripping down to shorts or undies. I'm not yeah, sure. Show off the 12-pack. Yeah, why not? Why hey, not? I love this back end of the show. So Butes' top three is coming up. Gary Birkinshaw about to join us. Steve-O's Sports Person of the Week. Last week it was Nicola Oloschlagers mm-hmm. for her superb 202 in Switzerland. And that's all brought to you by Slime's Board Store. Surf in for all the latest surf hardware. Maybe you need, need a new wetsuit. Uh, regardless of what it is, over 700 boards in stock, they'll take care of you. The G-Skate, your one. Oh, you yeah. love it. I, I need to get it out, but the surf's small again. Oh, mate. But the Maiden Voyage was outstanding, designed by the Godowskis brothers. But if you're looking for a new board, go and see Darren on this Saturday morning. He'll take care of you. And whether you're high performance or maybe you just want to get wet, maybe you're learning to surf, they've got something to suit absolutely everyone at Slime's Board Store. And they've been the leaders, Buttes. They've been leading the way on the Central Coast since the mid-1980s. Hey, let's get down to business here. Gary Birkenshaw joins us. Guru, good morning. Welcome back to the show. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Butch. Fantastic Saturday morning, and uh, sure you're enjoying your time out there at the the State Hockey Championships. Uh, Always a good day. 
Yeah, we're loving it. And uh, Guru, uh, you're going to be in the hot seat next week. Butts is off to the World Championships. So this is like a dress rehearsal for you. Uh, but before we go any further, let's roll in the audio. This is the biggest moment in sport this week. Green to finish and Bear State ducks once more. That was closer to the body. Oh, and it's... Oh. Well, there's a shout for a run out. Oh, now that's going to be very interesting. Oh, no. Upstairs we go. Bear out here. Bear has gone wandering oh. down the track after the ball landed with Carey. And like you might see in junior cricket, Carey's thrown the ball onto the stumps, standing back... And it's immediately been sent upstairs. The question is, was the ball dead? Maria Erasmus, the third umpire. Boy, oh boy, what a decision he has to make. I think the finger's going up here. Oh, he's walked out early. Oh, he's walked out early. He's walked out oh, early. Oh, yes, oh, he's oh, walked oh. out. My sense is, this is going to be given out. We're yeah. on the screen, it's given yeah. out. Yeah. It's a moment of controversy at Lords. The crowd are booing. Bairstow's walking off the field for 10. This is going to be a moment that goes around the world. For Burko. What's so controversial about it? <laughs> oh, I suppose the way way it happened, I suppose, dudes. Um, yeah, it was it was an interesting. It's had some commentary around it, but um, yeah, I suppose that the argument. If you, if you want to put a, put an argument for best, was the fact that was he trying to score a run? Um, was he trying to take advantage? I suppose that's that's the angle that they're going to take. And, but yeah, obviously they send upstairs to the umpire, and you, know, you just can't go wandering around. But the funny thing, Butes, as I'll say about this one, is that I reckon there's a bigger controversy was around Mitchell Stark's catch the night before. I agree with you now, 100%. If that's, not a catch every, if, that's not a catch, if that's not a catch every day of the week, well, yep. I'm not here. You know, I'm with you, mate. I'm with catch. you. Can I ask you this question about, you know, when a spin bowler is bowling and the batsman comes out of his crease, he may not necessarily be going for a run. He's trying to improve his shot or whatever it was, right? He still gets stumped, right? The fact that he's the keeper's 15 metres further back. And bear in mind that Bearstow tried to do that to Marnus Lemache uh, two days earlier in the, when Australia were batting. I just find it completely hypocritical. And the fact of the matter is this, that, you know, he was very casual in his approach. And you've got every right to do that. Every wicket keeper, I promise you, every wicket keeper who has ever kept stumps has done that at some stage. Uh, boys, oh, with, with, yeah, uh, by, yeah. the way, the, by the way, the commentary was Adam Collins, and that was on SEN. Yep. It doesn't sit all that comfortably with me when I saw it. And I know we all wait until we hear over, and then we go and meet in the middle. But watching it, I'm not sure as a sports lover. Nah. I know it's within the rules. So take your Australian... I'll take it off. I've got no problem taking it off. What about you, Burko? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm probably a bit with you, Steve, to be honest. Um, and, and back to your thing about the spin bowler is when the batsman comes out to a spin bowler, he's actually trying to take advantage. He's cutting the angle off, trying to negate the spin. So he's looking to take advantage of, you know, you know of the situation by trying to, to give himself a better option of not getting out. I'm not sure the Bearsay was trying to do it. Bearsay should have stayed his crease. Don't get me wrong there. At the end of the yes. day, it was against the laws, the laws of the game. He should have... He should have stayed in his crease. Whether he was trying to get an advantage, I don't know. There's been plenty of vision of incidents where it's happened in the past, uh, you know, where, where other keepers have done You mentioned the Lava Chain one, but Lava Chain once again was backing outside his crease at the time, wasn't walking out, he was actually backing outside his crease to try and take an advantage and negate the swing um, of the England bowler. So, a bit of a different situation, but, 
Yeah, but as I said, to me, the bigger the bigger incident was the, Stuart, the Mitchell start catch the night before I, the, I tell the you what's, day, but oh, I, I tell you what's gun. worse than absolutely everything, Burke and Buttes, is the reaction of the fans and the members in particular. Oh, they were disgraceful. Did you hear their names? Some of their names: Bartholomew. Hugo Bird. It was like, it was so English. It was unbelievable. These are the guys that were suspended. Burke, look, let's forget the controversy. Let's talk about the last yep. two days because it's been absolutely yep. phenomenal. That day one was ridiculous. 13 wickets, 330-odd runs. It was such a great day of cricket. And Mitchell Marsh stands atop with his performance, as did what Stokes did yesterday or last night. Um, yeah, it was just a, a great day of cricket. Yeah, how good was it to see Mitchell Marsh bat? Like to, to sit there, it was just it was captivating to watch him bat on day one. Like, uh, like I said, I've been a Mitch Marsh fan for a long time, and you know, he's certainly underdelivered on, on what his his Thomas his ability he has. But that innings on day one, he was just you, know, you talk about being in the zone. He was the, the, the ground wasn't big enough, or well, the ground's not big enough anyway, but. Um, but just the shot making he played, the, the assuredness that he had, the confidence he had at the crease was. was it. And, and you take Stokes' innings out yesterday. There's been no other batsman in, the, in either side who's looked ever comfortable at the crease. And Mitch Marsh just looked. Yeah, you know, he just looked so at ease for a bloke. And keep in mind, he hasn't touched, he hasn't played a game of cricket since the IPL, yeah. and he hasn't played red. He played one red ball game, I think, in the last two years, and hasn't played a test in twenty. And don't forget, too, he's coming at number six. Yeah, and to be able to prepare yourself, though. So when you're when you're sitting out, when you're not playing cricket, there's no tour games anymore. So just be able to go in the nets, which is pretty tedious day in, day out. But have yourself prepared that when your opportunity comes, you've got to be able to take it and make a difference. And and he's certainly, he certainly done that. It certainly makes an interesting selection um, for him now with, with, with round Cameron Green and... Yeah. Um, if, yeah, if any but, of our listeners yeah, missed it, Burko, sorry, sorry, Burko, 118 off 118, 17 fours and four sixes. Just one word, phenomenal. Yeah, just amazing. Uh, Burko, yeah. just thought, mate, how do you see the game position? Like Australia, 263 uh, first innings. Um, I, I've got to say, the English did really well to get to 237. Oh, they sure did, Bute. They were so, 5 for 100-odd. You, you mentioned Stokes. Like, look yeah. at the nuisance value of Moeen Ali and Chris Wokes. Oh, Chris Wokes was uh, 24 of Ma- no, no runs, Mark, uh, no w- balls. Mark Wood, 24. Yep. Uh, you know, so really wagged their tail, didn't they? Yeah, they certainly did, which, you know, closed the gap on the Aussies. Where it's sitting right now, 4 for 116, Australia with a lead of 142. What is going to give you some comfort? Like, obviously, there's no doubt we're going to get a result. We're only at the end of day two. Um, what number is it for you, uh, Burko, that you think will see the Aussies be comfortable? 300. 300 metres yeah. is the number. So we're a long way off of 300. 150, big partnership coming up. Just one thing. I'm going to have my rant here as well, guys, because one thing yes. I am sick of tennis <laughs> cricket at the moment is the continual short-pitch bowling with eight blokes back on the boundary. Hmm. I'm just over England in the second test, but played three hours of cricket, and only two balls in that three hour were picked within six metres of the batsman. And then last night we talked about Stokes, we talked about the tail wagging, and Australia did nothing but bowl short pitch bowling to them the whole time, and they're just teeing off. Yep, they ended up getting them out court. I get that, but they put on 90 runs in 10 overs for the last three wickets. 
We get rid of the top order by bowling at the top of off stump, nicking behind the stump. Yet when the tail comes out, all we want to see him to do is just bowl short to him with eight in the fence. And that's on a ground that's the size of where they're playing at Headingley at the moment. When you're just going to bowl short to Stokes, he's going to put you over the fence, over the fence every time anyway. I reckon it'll lead, it will lead to a change to the rules, I reckon. I reckon it wouldn't surprise me if, if this continues is that they'll introduce the circle like they do in one-day cricket. And you've got to have so many players inside the circle. I think you're right, Burke. And I, and I look at that and I go, you know what? You've also got to bear in mind, now, back in the day, the tail-enders were genuine tail-enders. Now yeah. most of these guys are playing IPL. They can, you know, yeah. they can throw the bat around, right? They, they're a lot more better uh, with their batting technique, etc. So runs are going to be had. And we saw, we saw that last night. Yeah, you're exactly right. We need to go to a break and... Uh yeah, so the Aussies leading by 142, four for 116 at Stumps. But how awesome have the Ashes been? We haven't even mentioned about the Tour de France, Buttes. Oh. And, you know, we had a win earlier yes, this week. we did. Jai... Jay Hindley. Jay Hindley, yeah. Great a- effort. Absolutely sensational. So he wore the yellow jersey. We're off to a break. We'll come back in a moment. Buttes is top three. And Burko is going to stay and give us his top three as well. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Robson Civil, 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, welcome back to the New South Wales Girls Under 13 State Championships at the magnificent hockey complex here at the north end of the Central Coast. Buttes, I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm like in an aquarium, like a goldfish bowl. Men, women, and children are walking past our broadcast area. Checking us out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And yeah. some are giving like an extended look to you. <laughs> like with your two glasses on. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's what's not a good that look? look? Well, the sun's shining in my eyes, so I've got enough wrinkles already, so I need to get my sunnies on. <laughs> and then I can't see my screen without my glasses because I'm blind as well. So. Hey, by the way, uh, Corey Shackleton joined us last week. Yes. Coach of the Kalani Vale Bombers. They're now... Standalone leaders in the Hunter Central Coast AFL competition after a hard-fought win against Warners Bay last week. In the AFL, Gary Birkinshaw's Richmond Tigers got the job done in a thriller against the Sydney Swans. Collingwood came from behind to defeat the Western Bulldogs last night in a, a fantastic game. GWS Giants, they got a chance to go inside the top eight if they can get the job done against Hawthorne. They had a fantastic win against Melbourne last week in Alice Springs in in atrocious conditions, but well done to the Giants. So a win this afternoon, and they're inside the eight. Let's get cracking on our next segment. We'll roll in the intro, and we've got uh, we've got uh, BJ's joined us again. Brett Johnson ready for this, and Guru's got his top three as well. But here's our intro. Butte's top three. Okay, Steve, top three. And, you know, I say it every week. I go a little bit left of centre here. Belgian shot putter, Jolene <laughs> Bumqua, who's suddenly become an expert in the 100-metre hurdles. I don't know whether you saw this, Steve, but the shot putter um, had to compete in the 100 metres so her side, Belgium, wouldn't be disqualified from the European Athletics Championships. And there's a song written about this young lady, isn't there? Is that right? I didn't jo- know that. Jolene? Jolene, Jolene, yes. And she clocked 32.81, <laughs> finishing last in the race, clearly. But uh, the winner of the race, Spain's Teresa Arandone, uh, Arandonia, 
was uh, won the race in 13.22. So she was some 20 seconds behind, but well done to Belgian shot putter Jolene Bumqua, who uh, saved her team from being eliminated from the uh, European Athletics Championships. Good job. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, Where, oh, where'd yeah. you see that? Oh, oh, mate, just I do my research, buddy. I do my research. <laughs> okay, my number two goes to Mitchell Marsh and he's 118 of 118 balls. Number what a batting performance. Yes, number two. Number two, great, uh, great effort from Mitchell uh, Marsh. I wonder if Burko saw the Belgian shot putter. He wouldn't have seen it. That, that, Jolene Bumqua. That would have blown him absolutely away it, that I come up with that. It would not surprise me. Uh, it might be in his top three. Who knows? <laughs> it might be higher than third. Anyway, but Mitchell Marsh, what a batting performance it was. And i got to say, I watched the highlights. Wow. He was seeing them like watermelons. Number one. Number one <laughs> is... We're going all the way to NASCAR territory. Oh, the US of A. Yeah. Shane Van Gisbergen takes out the NASCAR Super Series over in Chicago. The first time that they've ever had a street, street circuit. circuit. 60 years since anybody has won on debut, and he's done it. I'll tell you what, whoever got him over, whichever team got him over there, so smart. Like, he is an expert when it comes to street racing, and he got it done. And uh, fantastic effort. I know he's a Kiwi. And that's okay, but we'll claim he's one of our own. Well done to Shane Van Gisbergen. What an outstanding yeah. effort. And he's back in the Super Series, uh, the Supercar Championship uh, back in Australia. Yeah, just like uh, Split Ends and Crowded yeah, House. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, Russell Crowe, <laughs> you name it. There's plenty of them, plenty of them. <laughs> okay, let's go to Burko. Can you top that? Oh, I haven't got any Belgians. Anyway, that is great, yeah. Well done. <laughs> great that. That it that it is, could be his finest moment good. on the show. Oh, that, that is that is really good. I was very impressed with that. Um, I've gone I've, number one, Shane Van Gisbergen. Just agree totally with what Buter said. That's just a phenomenal, phenomenal effort. Um, I've gone two, same again. Mitch Marsh could have given it to Ben Stokes. Either one of those are both fantastic. Mm. But I've got my my number one is actually for Jay Hindley to win a win a stage of the Tour de France, one of the, the iconic sporting events in the world. Survived the, the test of time and to. To win a stage over there was a fantastic effort, stage five. So um, um, he's still in the running for the yellow jersey. So we wish him all the best. But that's my top three. Yeah, beautiful. We've got uh, BJ, Brett Johnson alongside us. Uh, former Kookaburra. The, what a team they are. Full of rock stars. Ah. Matty Dawson's a part of it. He's a two-time Olympian, about to be a three-time Olympian. World champion as well. BJ, what's your top three? Uh, mine would have to be, I've only got a one because I think it would have to be the Canberra Raiders uh, their try scoring celebration last night against I don't even know who it was because I didn't read past St George Illawarra. Oh, was it? And the uh, Johnny Bairstow stumping by Alex Carey repeat. Um, it was great. To, I think NASA Hussein was even talking about it on the coverage last night. So Fantastic. I can only go with the top one. I think that that does it for me. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either, but, I'm, but I'll oh, definitely look it up. Class. It is the number one. They've closed all betting. Sports better. Do- I think Sports Bet even donated ten thousand dollars. It was that just good. based on that. Based yeah, yeah. on that good one on try. It. Hey, Burko. Uh, we haven't spoken too much about the AFL, but your Tigers. What a crucial win keeps them in the hunt. And what are your thoughts about the text message I sent to you? I feel like Sydney had some moments, but they almost panicked in their forward pocket, didn't they? They just could not get a shot on goal. Yeah, look, it was a game of two halves, really. The first half, Richmond were virtually unwatchable, and the Swans just really dominated. But I think the turning point of the game, Steve, was when the rain came. Uh, the rain came down just before half time and continued through the second half. And 
the Swans never, mate, never adapted to the conditions at all. They were still trying to play the same standard of football. And they only had something like six shots a goal or six scoring shots after half time. And, um, you know, the Richmond now scored them in the second half by 31 points. So, important win. It was a, it was a must win game for both sides, to be perfectly honest. Swans had their opportunity. Richmond kicked the last three goals and, uh, and got over the line, which is uh, very good for me and, and keeps their final hopes alive. Burko, I find it interesting. I mean, we've got legends in the commentary box in the AFL, but, yeah, last night Collingwood, they're behind by three goals against the Western Bulldogs, and the commentators are saying the Bulldogs have got a comfortable lead here. I don't think three goals bothers any footy team, regardless of what level it is, let alone the Collingwood Magpies. Five goals doesn't worry me in this day and age of, of, of football, to be honest, Steve. It's just, um, yeah, I was listening to that commentary, and I just find it very... Very funny. You, you, talk, you talk about that. You know, it takes. Yeah, you know, the way you look at it is, if, if you kick two goals, where if you kick two consecutive goals, where are you placed in the game? It's like when you talk about cricket. If we take two quick wickets, how are we placed in the game? And that's. Mm. And if you look at it like that, you're, you're right back in it. There's, there's, there's nothing in it, and especially when you're talking Collingwood. Collingwood are playing supreme football at the moment, and yeah, you know, them and Port Adelaide are, are streets ahead of everyone at the moment. It's still a long way to go, but uh, yeah, that's you wouldn't count them out in any game. Hey, you know what, boys? If I had to name, in Butes' top three, if I had to name my number one moment, mm-hmm. I'm not going to the Ashes. I'm not going to Shane Van Gisbergen, despite what a phenomenal performance that is. I think I've got to go to the Swifts versus West Coast Fever. Oh, okay. What a thrilling game that was. We spoke about it earlier, but 65-64. And let's hope tonight... Can you believe the game being played at a neutral venue? It's being played at the John Kane Arena. And that gets underway at 7 o'clock tonight. Thunderbirds in their first grand final for a decade up against the mighty New South Wales Swifts. And if Bryony Akel isn't a legend already, can you believe this would be her third grand final win? So, phenomenal. Well, well and she Steve, is. What, about the, what about the performance? Sorry, Steve. The performance of Sophie Fawns in that game. 7 out of 11 of, from the super, sh- from the super shot. Fantastic performance in, in just the second year. Unbelievable. Yeah. And, and Steph Curry. And well, you forget that she's 19 years old. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the yeah. enormous pressure. But it's what I said earlier in the show, the fact that I don't know whether they're doing sports psychology or they're just saying, look, you know, this is just a game of netball. Try to be in the moment. Enjoy the moment. Because you see that young lady smile more than almost any other athlete. Uh, Guru, thanks so much for your time. Pleasure to have you back on the show. And we'll see you next weekend. Yeah, really looking forward to Butte. Enjoy Ireland too, mate, won't you? Hey, yeah, mate, I'm looking forward to it. Bring, bring, bring home the chocolates and Steve, look forward to, to being on the show and just try to be a little bit like Michael Butte. It would be just fantastic. <laughs> bring home the chocolates, bring home the Guinness. Bring, oh, yeah, there'll be plenty of that, I can assure you. Yeah, this is uh, Saturdays on the Coast, all thanks to Robson Civil Projects, Whitey's Right Price Tyres and Slime's Board Store at Erina as we see a goal scored. In this game between Sydney East and also Parks, the game right in front of us. Uh, loving the under-13. Has that been disallowed, BJ? Disallowed. Outside, I can't, I can't outside see, the circle? Yeah, I can't see the decision from the referee, but South East Sydney are taking a 16, so they're off and running again. Hey, BJ, by the way, these games being live-streamed, so can you give that a quick plug? Yeah, so all uh, state championships are being live-streamed via the Live Hockey app. Um, so if you're a member of... Hockey in New South Wales, you get free membership. Otherwise, there's a small fee to sign on. But, uh, yeah, all the hockey this weekend uh, across all the state championships 
across New South Wales is live streamed. Every game live. Yeah, beautiful. In mm. HD, crystal clear, or maybe 4K? Uh, all of the above. <laughs> 13 to 11. Off to another break. Steve-O's Sports Person of the Week is coming up next. Robson Civil, 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, good morning. Welcome back. Our final segment of the day. And thanks again to BJ and everyone from... Central Coast hockey, but also New South Wales hockey. Yeah, it's uh, great to have you guys out here. So just to, to celebrate what we do out here. So onwards and upwards for us here on the coast with hockey. And finals tomorrow, as Michael said, all roads lead here to the hallowed artificial turf. Yeah, so all divisional finals will be up here tomorrow. So there's four divisions. So they'll be playing semifinals and then finals if you manage to get through to the gold medal game and then the the Div 1 final is on about 2pm tomorrow afternoon. Hey, let's do our final segment of the day. Let's roll in the intro. Steve-O's Sports Person of the Week. Yeah, I love this. Uh, the only criteria is Steve-O's Sports Person of the Week has to be local, just like Slime Sports Store, who've mm. been number one since the mid-1980s. I noticed their latest post Check out the Smooth Star Racket Slimes. Smooth Star is the world's number one best surf trainer, voted by the world's leading surf coaches. Described as the closest feeling to surfing out in the water, it's a game changer for surfers of all ages and abilities. The thruster is located on the front of the board. The unique training mechanism helps the rider perform critical but smooth maneuvers, just like turning a surfboard, but on land. So get into slimes and check that out. What's happening, Butes? I'm just listening to what you're talking about, and I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> absolutely um, like, not. Wait, what? <laughs> what is he talking about here? So, Steve-O, Sports Person of the Week, I'm going to go rogue here. Yes. And I'm going to name two players. Okay. I think and I normally, normally I go grassroots level. Mm-hmm. Although last week I did go Nikola Oleschlagers, <laughs> who's a superstar yep. in track and field. I can't go past Bradman Best, named in the centres for New South Wales for Wednesday night, State of Origin 3. Let's not forget, Bradman is still just 21 years of age. Yep. Remember he burst on the scene with that try at New South Wales junior level. I think he got the ball just outside the in-goal area from Hopawati. We were at that game. I remember that, Yes. And uh, the commentator was saying, raise your bat, Bradman. What a try by New South Wales. That's true. I do remember that. Just over 60 games in the National Rugby League, 25 tries so far. And love to see, you know, like you said, Buttes, our two best centres, or your two best centres, because I'm a Queenslander. Mm. <laughs> but with Trebojevic out and Latrell out, Give someone a crack. Give someone a crack. And you know what? Build for the future and, you know, give them a genuine opportunity. And they're doing that, and it's good to see. And, uh, look, I have no doubt he will step up and deliver. And Bradman shares the award this week with Jacob Saifidi. Yep. Out of the entrance, Tigers went to St. Eddie's. Also received the very first Danica Clark Foundation Fran Japani grant. I do recall. Now, Jacob, now 27. And I'm glad he's not going to be a one-hit wonder at origin level. Like, he almost reminds me of a Steve Price where... When he made his debut a few years ago, a few years ago, they could have said, "You're here for the next five or six years, regardless of what you're doing at club level." Yeah, he's one of those players, and you know what? You know what you're going to get out of him. He's not going to win us a game, but he's certainly not going to lose us a game. Big and powerful, correct? He'll do his job and do it well. Could be in that period where his best is yet to come. Well, if, you know what they they do. 
you know, develop later in front rowers, and, you know, he's certainly one of those players who still got a big future ahead of him. Hey, we're getting the wind-up from our producer. So thanks to Adam Staples back at headquarters. Thanks to Valentine Holmes. Buttes, good luck overseas. Yep, yep, yep. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate <laughs> it. Next week's an RDO. I'll back the week after, and then I'm off. So we're good, mate. We're good. Yeah, thanks again, BJ. Uh, thanks, good luck guys. to all the under-13 hockey players. Thanks for listening this morning. Thanks to all of our sponsors. We'll catch you next week on Saturdays on the Coast.